This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. This BFM Budget 2023 special is brought to you by Marsing. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An. Budget 2023 has been retabled once again, with health receiving the second largest share out of the entire budget at 36.3 billion ringgit. But is this enough for a healthcare system at its breaking point? We'll be checking in with some of our experts today. And first up, I'm speaking to Dr. Murugaraj Rajaturai, President of the Malaysian Medical Association, for his overall thoughts on the budget allocations. Thank you so much for joining me today, Doctor. Thank you. Um, I'll start by asking you, what was your initial impression of the budget allocations for healthcare this time around? Okay, I mean, it's a commendable amount the government is committing to the 2023 health budget. But it it shows the government understands the need for a stronger commitment investment in health. But uh, actually, uh, MMA had expected more emphasis in allocations to address the public healthcare system's human resource. Mm. You know? Given that uh, there's still about 14,000 uh, contract doctors in the system and a lack of uh, permanent positions opening up, mm. we know that the you know, the health minister has been uh, lobbying with MOF and JPA for more new positions and uh, even better remunerations for healthcare workers. Uh, so, the, but the 1,500 positions in budget 2023 fall short of our expectations. Uh. Mm. It also actually must be clarified, you know, because. Uh, this 1,500, when they say, is it specifically for the medical doctors alone or is it going to be shared by medical doctors, dental doctors and pharmacies? So, so that's one worry. I think uh, we have already written to KKM for clarification on that now. Mm. All right. Because the problem when it comes to contract doctors, um, contract healthcare workers, is not just doctors, right? We're talking about our dental officers, our pharmacists as well. Every, everything yeah, needs to be addressed. Yeah, sure. But that's why when they say 1,500, they like that. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how many percent is for us or whether fully each of us got 1,005, whether pharmacy is 1,005, we are 1,005 or what. I'm not sure. So we have written and asked for clarification. Lah. Because if if they say out of the 1,005, they, you know, going to divide it uh, and we are producing uh, three to 5,000 doctors a year. Mm-hmm. So the 14,000 from the 14,000 pool, you can't bring down much of the... Uh, contract doctors uh, that are floating. Hmm. So I guess what solution would MMA like to see? You know, is it Do we want to see more funding from um, the Ministry of Finance and JPA or what else would you like to see? Definitely, actually, you know, because we've been always uh, pushing for 5% of the GDP. You know, I think 5% of GDP works out to about uh, 90 million, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so that we can catch up. We can catch up on all these, you know, the contract doctors' issues, uh, in uh, yeah, uh, these facilities, upgrading facilities, uh, upgrading the new equipments and all that lah. So, uh, but it's a twelve percent increase. So, uh, uh, never had done before. I think for the M- uh, Ministry of Health budget, but still we we would have expected more hmm. for sure. Hmm. You mentioned the twelve percent increase. You know what is that actually? What is that able to cover? Is it sort of in line with inflation in prices of things like medicines, consumables, or will that be enough to help grow the public healthcare system? You see, I think uh, from what I read uh, in the twenty twenty two budget, about eighty seven percent of the budget 
for health went to its operational expenses. Mm-hmm. So you see, this uh, the, the most of the bulk of the budget is going for operational uh, expenses as of now. Mm-hmm. So then, where is the? Uh, I mean, you only got about twelve to thirteen percent for upgrading of facilities, upgrading of uh, you know, new hospitals, new blocks, new beds, and all that. So I'm not sure actually if the inflation rate was affected in uh, this uh, in this budget. But uh, however, MOH has to have the necessary reports uh, to show us also so that we also know when to how much to ask for the next budget and you know what is the operational cost. What is the cost that they need for uh, uh, human resource? What is the cost that they, they are using for upgrading of facilities? But I believe the bulk of the budget will go towards operational costs mm. of the public health care system. Mm, definitely. I think from what I looked at at the budget document this time around, out of 36 billion, 31.5 billion are for operational expenditure. So it's actually only 4.8 billion for development, right? Which is, and yeah, we want a yeah, lot more. Yeah, yeah, definitely the 4.8 billion for development is not enough, you know, because uh, I'm sure you know that the interiors of Sabah and Sarawak need a lot of care, you know, a lot of upgrading, a lot of, uh, because we, we are working towards universal health coverage, mm-hmm. so that means every citizen in the country should uh, have uh, good access to health care. And uh, those in the interiors of Sabah and Sarawak are actually deprived of that, you know, and it's immoral on our side to just sit back and and uh, keep quiet about it. Mm. Now, speaking of infrastructure, there was one allocation that said that you know the 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 um the budget will look into upgrading twenty six hospitals across the country. Um, that's also including building a new hospital block for Hospital Melaka. I mean, is that enough? Because, like you say, we have so many issues with people in the interiors not being able to access medical care. Again, when they gave that separate budget. We are not sure because uh, no upgrading is actually needed in most of the public health care facilities, not only the hospital marker and all that, because that you're talking about the building. But you mm-hmm. also need uh, to digitalize the whole thing. You also need upgrades in software, you know. So I don't think that budget is going to be enough. But uh, you know, also uh, digitalization, I, I, I was hoping, MMA was hoping that digitalization budget don't come under the Ministry of Health. It should come from the general budget because... You know, if you you give us a budget, mm-hmm. and then for digitization also you take take out from there, then finally you won't have much for <laughs> development of other uh, other areas in the healthcare lah. Mm. Mm. Let's also talk about the outsourcing of outpatients. You know, it was mentioned that they are planning to do that to reduce overcrowding. Um, planning to channel p- uh, patients from public hospitals to university hospitals, military hospitals, and private hospitals. Do you think that's enough? Are we addressing what is causing that overcrowding in the first place? Yeah, definitely. You see, uh, actually, we MMA has been, you uh, know, all put up a proposal the last, I think, 10, 15 years to them that mm-hmm. please outsource all your NCDs to the general practitioners. Please outsource, use the public, uh, I mean, the private uh, facilities as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you see, we can we can maintain, we can help you to maintain uh, uh, this, uh, I mean, go through NCDs. And uh, because we are also came from KKM. Mm-hmm. We also, uh, you know, uh, from KKM and we will follow the same thing as what KKM wants us to do. So, if you we got 9,000 GPs, why don't you use the facilities of the GPs, outsource your chest x-rays, outsource your, your simple dressings, outsource your non-communicable disease. Mm-hmm. So, at least that way, uh, your hospital's uh, congestion in clinic, in, in the 
A&E as well uh, in the emergencies are all uh, reduced. Mm. You know, and then of course to reduce the congestion in A&E, you also have to have public education on what is on what is uh, emergency and what is not. You know, so when people go to emergency, they only must go there for for when when it's an emergency and not for uh, you know your common cold. Yeah, common cold and all that. Yeah. Mm. So then, are you hopeful that the introduction of the uh, scheme Perubatan Madani will help to sort of make people realize that you know they can go to GPs for some of these issues instead of medical uh, instead of the A and E department? Yeah, uh, I think uh, definitely uh, the the public also will be you know about the scheme uh, Perubatan Madani because it's definitely going to help them as well. Uh, because for them also, they are going there and they are waiting there for hours just to get their... Sometimes it's just continuing their blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. The one-minute thing, but they have to wait for like, you know, two, three hours before that. So I'm sure they coming to the GP clinic, they also will be happy. And uh, the see, here uh, I also have to say that for he for them to outsource to us, you know, it's going to cost the, the government money, but then... They, the unity government's budget uh, moved to channel revenue from the excise duty and whipping gels and liquids to health ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one I applaud because, you know, it, one, it discouraged the habit and sale of the product while channeling much-needed funds uh, towards the improvement of healthcare system. So these type of funds can be used for the scheme for Ubatan Madani as well, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. All right. And any other absences that you, or missed opportunities that you saw in this budget? Actually, my main, our main thing was, uh, you know, uh, we worry about human resource, lah. Because mm. when you don't concentrate on the, on the junior doctors, I mean, taking in more doctors and then making them permanent posts and then giving them training and giving them, uh, make, make, making them specialists. Uh, so you, you, when you don't concentrate on that, uh, uh, in, you know, in uh, maybe ten years, fifteen years, you are going to see, you know, that we are shortage of uh, specialists. Mm-hmm. So that will give us whatever we do today. In 10 years, we will see the consequence. Mm. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I've been speaking to Dr. Murugaraj Rajature, President of the Malaysian Medical Association, about Budget 2023 and the health allocations. But don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break where I'll be speaking to Dr. Dr. Soundari Somasundram, Co-Chairperson of NCD Malaysia, and we'll be diving into whether the budget sufficiently um, addresses the burden of NCDs in our population. So keep it here on Health and Living BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2023 special, brought to you by Marsing. This BFM Budget 2023 special is brought to you by Marsing. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An. Today we are talking about Budget 2023, which has been retabled once again, with health receiving the second largest share out of the entire budget at 36.3 billion. Earlier before the break, I spoke to Dr. Muruga Raj Rajature, President of the Malaysian Medical Association, about his thoughts uh, on the budget as well as how well it's addressing long-standing issues such as the hiring of more healthcare workers as well as infrastructural problems when it comes to our clinics and hospitals 
hospitals across the country. Um, next up, I'll be speaking to Dr. Dr. Sandri Somasundrup, co-chairperson of NCD Malaysia, to zoom in on whether Budget 2023 adequately addresses NCDs. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Sandri. I'm really happy to be um, now, before we dive into the NCD aspect of the budget, right? I want to get um, your initial impression over the overall health budget allocation, considering this is technically the second tabling of Budget 2023. Um, there, is, there is a 12% increase from the 2022 um, allocation. Um, but interestingly enough, it's actually a modest decrease of the overall budget. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you consider that we have acknowledged and all the health ministers have stated it, and there's been a lot out in the media about our healthcare in crisis. Um, it is definitely not sufficient to address the issues that we're facing. Even our Minister of Health, YB Dr. Zaliha herself, reportedly stated in you know last week in the closed door meeting with doctors, etc., that the health ministry um, was seeking an allocation of three times the previous budget. So mm-hmm. to be able to to address the issues that uh, the healthcare is, the ministry is um, having at the moment. Um, so three times more to 12%, you know, there's a huge difference in that. And understandably, you know, the allocation of 36.3 billion is what Malaysia can afford given our, our low tax to GDP ratio, low fiscal ceiling and high government debts. Um, but for the last year, or longer than the last year, we've been calling for deep structural reforms in our health mm-hmm. system. And that requires financial and non-financial resources. So in other words, you know, um, we really need to be able to provide enough funds to strategize um, the issues or you know, to, to fund the strategies envisioned by the health white paper which is only scheduled to be tabled in Parliament in June 2023. And with that uh, health white paper, if a health reform commission is, if passed by Parliament, must receive adequate funds to operate and be successful, mm-hmm. especially to address the, the, the structural issues of sustainable financing, human capital and organisational service delivery. So looking at the health reform paper, I don't think the budget is sufficient. Hmm. I mean, if if the health minister wanted a three times larger budget, it's clear that a lot of financial resources are going to be needed, isn't it? Um, but if we exactly. if we zoom into NCDs, Dr. Soundry, you know, I mean, quite obviously and quite glaringly, there was no mention of NCD allocations during the tabling of the budget. Um, although, you know, there were allocations given in the actual budget itself. When you look into the document, should we be making a big deal over the fact that, you know, NCD just wasn't mentioned? during the speech itself? Um, yes and no. In context to the white paper, meaning mm-hmm. that, you know, we're supposed to have health reforms going along. Um, you don't expect a lot to be stated in terms of NCDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing that NCDs is the biggest aspect of disease um, issues um, related to, to the healthcare. Um, however, um, there are indirect if I could say that, you know, mentionings of NCDs. Um, the budget on healthcare was very top line, other than addressing overall spending and tax release. Mm-hmm. Um, we would prefer that there are specific allocations provided. So you have clarity in line of sight. 
Um, but hopefully MOH will, in their breakdown of the budget, give us more of that. There's some pros in the whole thing mm-hmm. when you when you talk about um, in a de- indirect allocation to NCDs. Um, when we talk about risk factors with NCDs, we know that poverty is closely linked with NCDs. And the rapid rise of NCDs is very much linked to disadvantaged people um, getting sicker and dying sooner because of increasing household costs associated with healthcare and because they're at greater risk of being exposed to harmful products and have um, unhealthy dietary practices, limited access to health services, etc. So within the budget itself, there are measures that address poverty generally. Mm. So if you look at measure 12, you know, providing of quality basic amenities, 181, improving essential services, nutritious food to students, and the monitoring of nutritious foods, which I think is incredibly important. Even the people's housing projects, um, all this are there to address poverty. And hopefully, you know, with with that, um, there is some um, alleviation of or prevention of, of, of NCDs. I think also, you know, they they third gains in terms of the institutional reform, mm-hmm. where you have public sector reform, so accelerating the Rakyat's infrastructure projects, where um, it was mentioned of in number eighty six of the four hundred the upgrading of four hundred dilapidated clinics. Even, I don't know whether you can push it that far, but, you know, number 88, which outdated work cultures, unreasonable regulations and procedures that delay utilization of agents. I mean, all that is part of the government Mm -hmm. reform, which, you know, in in that sense, if we can reform it, it will make a slight difference um, in terms of NCDs. Women and children. um, We know that children are, are... in terms of prevention, mm-hmm. um, are we really impacted um, in, in long-term in terms of NCDs? So, you know, women and children, sports development. What we didn't hear, though, mm-hmm. I think, was pr- the previous allocations which were there, mm. um, like the mammograms, HPV mm. vaccinations, um, which were directly mentioned in previous budgets, mm. were not mentioned um, in this budget. So what might be worrisome is that it gets absorbed into your MOH um, budget itself. And if it does, that means there's less money in to spend on other things which are required. Um, there was no specific um, mention of catch-up for the HPV vaccinations, uh, which is something that we've been pushing for, which was stopped during COVID time. And so there's a there's a cohort of young women who are not vaccinated at this point in time. Um, so that's important that that's addressed as well. What was not mentioned um, on the cancer point of view was, you know, the strengthening of cancer services, including buildings of additional cancer treatment centres or services in other states, especially in the northern area and in East Malaysia. And um, health promotion wasn't wasn't addressed either. So these are areas that, yes, um, we're a little bit concerned about, but it's like putting the cart, um, you know, the cart before the the horse in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, This whole idea of knowing that there's a health reform paper coming out in June, Mm -hmm. uh, but the budget is being tabled now. 
Um, so, so yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens as we go along. Mm. In, um, you know, Dr. Sandri, when I dug into the um, MOF's website and the Ministry of Finance's website on the budget, mm-hmm. there is there are sort of a bit more clarity on some of the, the points. Um, I did see that at the very least, there was mentioned that, you know, 11.5 million would be given for mammograms and cervical cancer screening. So that was similar to what was offered last year. But um, okay. and then through that, there was also the mention of um, a pilot project through um, Rose Foundation to carry carry out um, PCR testing for cervical cancer screening. But like you said, you know, there wasn't much other mention for um, cancer and otherwise um, uh, the building of new cancer centres, for example, like you mentioned. Um, is screening services on its own enough to close the care gap in cancer? Because that's what we've always spoken about, right? That there is a huge gap when it comes to addressing the burden of cancer in Malaysia. Screening alone is not sufficient. Um, screening is part of a whole package of actions that we need to do. Um, education, um, health literacy is, is a huge part because, you know, having the services available, but not educating people and people not realizing the, the importance and the urgency of those services, um, it's not going to make any difference at all. So uh, a lot of it is understanding the behavior, the, how the behavior and the culture impacts on our preventative health care. Um, and that definitely needs to be addressed. Um, unfortunately, you know, when, when we talk about the budget, and I think you've deep delved into it a lot more than I have because you picked up all those points, which I didn't, you know, I, I didn't pick up, I have to admit. Um, when you deep delve into it, the budget looks a lot more in terms of curative um, mm. healthcare expenses compared to preventive healthcare expenses. Um, when you talk about the income tax reliefs, etc., it's about curative, dis- you know, curative services like serious disease, but preventive services like vaccinations are only, you know, capped at a thousand ringgit. What we're hoping, I think, in the long run, is that there's a, there's a greater importance put onto preventive healthcare mm. compared to curative healthcare because, you know, all the economic papers which have been done has shown that um, for for your dollar, for your buck which you, you, you spend, um, if you spend it on preventive, um, there's a lot more uh, impact than if you spend it on curative. Um, but unfortunately, you know, in, in terms of our society, because illnesses are found at such late stages, you need you need to spend that money on, on curative. But hopefully slowly as you build that health education, the health literacy um, into our community um, and into our health services as mm-hmm. well, um, there will be that shift um, towards preventive health. Mm. And speaking of, I guess, bringing it to the community, interestingly, this budget includes the introduction of the Madani Medical Scheme or Scheme Perubatan mm-hmm. Madani, which will, um, from what we understand so far, will allow individuals from lower income groups to seek healthcare services at private clinics. Um, you know, what do you think a scheme like this would solve? You know, would it work? Um I'm not sure what the, I mean, I, I think, I mean, what was stated during the budget was that the scheme was to, to solve the issue of congestion in hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, decrease the need to go to emergency and trauma centres. But again, um, that means that it's reactive. Yes. It means that, you know, there's, you need to have something wrong before you go. 
Um, whilst for us in terms of healthcare, you know, we're pushing that whole idea of preventive healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how the scheme is going to be um, rolled out, whether it's talking about the the ISS Slang or Sehat program that it was referred to, um, where they have 500 ringgit given in terms of financial assistance for basic healthcare, including outpatient treatment and vaccinations. Um, there was a mention of a medical card as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think uh, it means for the individual that they don't have to travel so far for their care. Um, and that means they will actually go for care. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, because of the travel or the wait time that you need to to have in a hospital, might decide not to go to hospital and therefore whatever disease they have or whatever illness they have at that point of time will actually progress and it's more difficult to treat. So yes, in in that sense, it it helps the individual um, to get timely treatment. However, um, it does not address the underlying problem, um, which is the preventive aspect of it. I hope as well, I think, you know, when you you go to a GP's clinic, the doctor, because of time constraints, or even the patient's um, time constraints, etc., only addresses the issue in front of them. Mm. So if you go for a mm-hmm. coughing cold, you know, you get addressed in terms of coughing cold. There's, there's no wider discussion in terms of general health. So I think that's important that that is, is incorporated into our psyche and incorporated into our practice when they go into a GP's um, clinic. Mm. And maybe, mm. you know, with Madani Medical Health Scheme and all, you know, that could be incorporated. Or, you know, there's a widening the Bukka 40 scheme as well. Mm. And I think in re- with regards to the Bukka B40 scheme, there was mentioned that, you know, they would be um, adding 80 million ringgit to enhance the scheme. So, you know, hopefully we will see um, better um better investment into that. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Sandri, there was no mention of a healthcare financing scheme. What are your thoughts on the lack of that mention and why is the healthcare financing scheme significant from the perspective of managing NCDs? We need a healthcare financing um, scheme, definitely. Um, primarily because NCDs, as I said, NCDs is, is linked to people in poverty in lower socioeconomic um, groups. And um, it is very much linked to out-of-pocket expenses. Um, Out-of-pocket expenses is just not in terms of health, but in terms of um, the collaterals, um, which which are linked to illness. So you're talking about transport, you're talking about food, you know, um, accommodation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... Generally, um, within our community, um, we are seeing very much late, um, late staging of diseases, whether it be heart disease, you know, um, cancer, you know, your, your big diseases or lung diseases, etc. Um, and that's primarily because people aren't seeking, the, this, they're not seeking medical attention um, sooner because of, of the fear of costs. Uh, and the fear of costs of, you know, escalating. Um, so having an insurance scheme out there which will alleviate the costs, especially out-of-pocket costs um, for patients, is important. Um, even though we do have um, public health care, which gives free 
treatment um, or very low cost treatment um, for your B40s, um, out-of-pocket expenses are still there. Mm-hmm. And, and really need to be addressed. It's all the invisible expenses, isn't it? The ones that exactly. you don't see. Let's also talk about the GEG for a bit because that is one issue that has been talked about a lot since um, the former health minister, Kari Jamaluddin, introduced it. Um, and this time around, there was mention of it. The PM said that the government is committed to it. There was also additional mentions relating to taxing e-cigarettes and vapes and from there to earmark half of that tax for MOH. Um, what do you make of these mentions in the budget? Yeah, I think... Um there was a lot said um, about the taxation um, with vaping, but there was a lot which was unsaid mm-hmm. um, in the budget. Unfortunately, the budget came before the tabling of the GEG. Um, ideally, the GEG should have preceded the budget. So there's a clear blueprint of regulations available um, for the basis of the taxations. There is still no overarching framework to govern the conventional cigarette, e-cigarette, vape landscape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and this really opens up many loopholes in terms of the regulations and enforcement of the industry, in even in terms of um, revenue collection. Stating that the government supports the spirit of the GEG mm-hmm. is not a definite acceptance of the GEG by the cabinet. So all these issues uh, are, are still there. Um, and in this landscape, then you're talking about taxation of a product which um, at this point of time is still not even considered legal. Nicotine is a controlled substance. And so to be able to tax it, we have to legalize it. Um, and that opens the doors, um, I, I, I think, for, for us in, in the health sector, that there are huge concerns in terms of what is going to be the long-term implication of this. We have always stated that we are against the legalization of of, of vaping mm-hmm. um, and that it should be controlled. And the role of, of vaping is definitely in terms of smoking cessation and not as recreational use. Um, so in terms, in, in lines with public health principles and, um, you know, FCTC, um, we feel that taxation of vape with nicotine is insufficient mm-hmm. if we're going down that line, that any unsafe product, so whether or not um, products which contain nicotine or not contain nicotine, any products which are now being opened in terms of recreational use um, is still unsafe and definitely needs to be taxed as well. Um, so it's it's an important strategy in making them unaffordable and safe um, for those who use as well, you know, definitely in terms of um, children and adolescents as well. All right. So then if we, I guess, round up our discussion to talk um, about budget 2023 this time, right? Um, what do you make of it overall? Do you think it's one that is addressing short-term goals or long-term investment? I think it's addressing primarily short-term goals. You know, when we talk about long-term goals, um, that's where you really need that three times the health budget that you you require Mm -hmm. um, to be able to address the long-term goals. And it's difficult to address the long-term goals 
when um, we don't have the white paper or the health reforms that we are looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's important to to state. There are some taxes out there which do um, address some of the long-term goals. So, you know, yes, there's the 50% tax collected from baby products, which will be allocated to MOH. This actually brings Malaysia into, I think, a club of about 35 countries who earmark syntax from tobacco to allocate to to public health care. And even though we favour an outright ban uh, and we support the generation endgame, we do understand that the government needs to raise funds from somewhere. But we question and we ask, you know, where the syntaxes are going to be used. Um, Is it um, earmarked on top of the 36.3 billion, which has been allocated to the health ministry, or is it mm. part of the 36.3 billion allocated? I mean, all that hasn't been it hasn't been made clear. Mm. And whichever the answer is, as well, you know, what if the earmark taxes drop in the future, which it will if GEG goes through. If GEG goes through, your your earmark taxes are going to uh, to decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are you going to continue the funding of um, multi-year end anti-tobacco projects or even, you know, in terms of disease um, treatments um, which are linked uh, to tobacco products and vaping products? Um, so I think there needs to be more clarity um, in the taxation. Hmm. I think that that's always the case in it. With a lot of all this, we, the clarity is needed so that we can also do our part in keeping the government accountable to know whether these funds are used according to how it's allocated as well. Exactly. Um, I think there needs to be a lot more transparency, and hopefully, in in that sense, the Ministry of Health, when it when it comes out and lays clear where the monies are going to be spent, mm-hmm. then you can actually have that clarity and transparency. Mm. All right. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Sandri. Thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking to Dr. Dr. Sandri Sumasundram, co-chairperson of NCD Malaysia, about Budget 2023 and the healthcare allocation. I'm Lim Suen and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. This BFM Budget 2023 special was brought to you by Marseille. Reinvent spaces. Enhance life. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.